You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, it is now Wednesday, July 1st, 2020, 4.02 p.m. Central Time. One of these days I'm going to look up standard versus daylight and know what the hell I'm in right now. I think I'm in standard time. Um, but I I don't know, it's so tough to keep track of you know that nomenclature of like when you are. I'm just going to say central time and say fuck it and it is what it is uh so wednesday afternoon uh just got back from driving my son to his uh, baseball tournament game which was in hammond indiana uh so for those of you that don't know that's a hour and a half drive from the northwest suburbs where i live uh one way so we got there, we had, uh, you know, the game went without a hitch, uh, ran out of time, so we ended on a tie, one-to-one. Uh, but, you know, it was, a, you know, it was a nice day out, you know, it was good to get, you know, some sunshine. As the, uh, the boys were warming up, I was able to walk along this trail that went around the uh, perimeter of the uh, park that had these very nice ball fields. Uh, which was about an hour and a half, not, sorry, a mile and a half, not an hour and a half, what the hell, mile and a half walk. Uh, and I, maybe if I would have picked up the pace, I could have done two laps. But uh, it's pretty hot and toasty out, kind of warm. So, uh, and, and not in a, you know, completely comfortable way, but comfortable enough to kind of get out, stretch your legs, especially after you've been driving for an hour and a half. Uh, and so it was nice to do that. Uh, so the game goes on. Um, you know, there's opportunity, uh, opportunities on both sides where, uh, you know, they could have gotten a lot more runs, you know, our boys and the other team. Uh, but uh, some errors on the field as well. Uh, so it may have been just the, you know, tired from the driving and traffic and construction and all that. You know, kind of take it out of the, the, the window of the sails for the boys. So it is what it is. I mean, I'm, and I'm not going to be a, you know, armchair quarterback. I'm not athletic by any means. So it's easy for me to, you know, have some sort of judgment, you know, sitting quietly in the stands holding an umbrella to keep the sun off me. Yeah, I'm that guy. Um, but I wasn't at first. I had... Uh, Sat in the bleachers and was uh, uh, quite content, just kind of getting some some good vitamin D. But then I really felt it on my neck, and I was like, you know what? I can't do this to myself. I'm going to get a burn, and I'm not going to be pleasant. So I I wandered over to the uh, the car, got the umbrella, and you know came back. Uh, it was a bad eating day so far. 
Uh, and what I mean by that was when I was going back to my seat, I went by their concession stand and I bought a Pepsi. I haven't had a lot of soda in a while, um, and or hardly any soda in a while. And so having that Pepsi was kind of like, it was good for the moment, but then afterwards I was like, ugh. But then as we're leaving, uh, both my son and I, you know, still hadn't had anything. And, you know, by then it was about a good one, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. And I had in my brain that I wanted to try the, uh, the chicken sandwich from Popeye's. And, uh, so that's what I ended up doing. We ended up going there. Uh, and <laughs> it was so weird because when I was looking to see where the closest one was to the ballpark, because I knew that was kind of what I wanted to get. Um, there was, you know, the first thing that comes up is like some reviews for that location. And there was like some really bad ones for customer service. And I was like, well, you know, that was like a few months back. And, you know, I'm sure that it's better now. And uh, so we go and I actually opted to go in. They, they had... You know, their, their lobby was open again, you know, despite COVID, but they had, uh, you know, like limits where you had to social distance, you know, more than seven people in the lobby. The line <clears throat> to the drive-thru is pretty long, so I thought it'd probably be faster just to go in. And these people were just really not good at all with customer service. I mean, they they really didn't have any kind of system to keep everybody moving along it didn't seem like they really cared uh and so based on what i read on yelp it was like lined up completely you know so they, they've been allowed to be that way for months and nobody's you know checked at the door or gave a damn um and i commented to my son you know as we were leaving and we would actually ate in the car because I was like, I don't want to be in there any longer than I had to be. And he goes, well, I don't expect much from customer service for fast food places. And I was like, my God, I just can't, I can't imagine that if I were to be wired that way, you know, to not care. Uh, and I kind of get why you get into that situation, because you have workers that tend to be you know younger and this is kind of a transition job it's not one that they're going to have as a career you know because i mean who who works at uh popeye's um counter you know for 20 odd years it just doesn't happen so i mean you know these are people that are just really you know getting their hourly wage and you know checking out and you know interested in something else you know if they've got to be interested in moving on and doing something else they're going to get tired of the job so there's a lot of churn but at the same time i would think that if i was their manager um or the owner of that establishment that i would have some skin in the game to make sure my customers were being taken care of um, I think that if you have a job like at Starbucks, you know, I had heard that they had closed all the Starbucks down for a day to teach their people customer service because so many people had complained about crappy service. So 
the powers that be at Starbucks said, hey, we have this problem. We got to address it. And I, I, I think it's a wonderful transition. And I think that if you have a wonderful customer service experience that people are going to come back and over and over and they're not going to mind paying, you know, four or five dollars for a, you know, foo-foo coffee, uh, you know, for, you know, uh, you know, ongoing because of, you know, they get to know the people, they have a good experience. That's my theory. Now, the, um, you know, on the converse side, the chicken sandwich from Popeye's was actually pretty tasty, you know, so I give them kudos for the food. The food does taste good, but it's not as good as, say, like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. So in my mind, you know, I would much rather have gone go there, you know, versus Popeye's because of I enjoyed the flavor more at Chick-fil-A. Um, but I know there's some controversy maybe with some of even you, the listener, you know, around Chick-fil-A, you know, based on how the company, uh, you know, what, what they contribute to, you know, the owner contributes to. Uh, and, you know, I've heard the same stories around, you know, them contributing to anti-gay, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say communities, but uh, causes. And, you know, so they're not really pro-LGBTQ, you know, so I don't, I, I think that, um, you know, because of that, then a lot of people wouldn't even bother with like a Chick-fil-A. Um, but, you know, the way I look at it, you know, um, you know, that's their choice, right? Um, I don't agree with that mentality of the owner, but damn, they make a great sandwich. So I, I don't know, it's, you know, those are my consumer dollars to do with what I want. I'm not saying that, you know, I condone the activity that goes on, but, and I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm digging myself in, dude. I've got to stop. I've got to stop because that's not why we're podcasting. We're podcasting and talking about happy things. So I started to talk about, you know, the nice walk I went. And then I went down this rabbit hole and you guys are listening and going with me. And I know at, you know, Scott's probably listening to this episode and going, what the fuck, Dave, are you doing? So I caught myself finally after 10 minutes, you know, I finally caught myself and said, whoa, put the brakes on. We're not going down that anymore. So everything I said, just forget it. Forget all about it. Let's assume that we're just going to go, you know, forward from here and move on. We're going to we're not going to worry about, you know, which restaurants I'm endorsing and what the, you know, the owners believe in and blah, 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 blah. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Incredibly sorry. That I don't want that. I don't want that. You don't want that. Let's not do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to move forward as of this moment by inserting the bumper here. This is a day something podcast. Banzai! 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 <laughs> hey, where's the thief? I don't think there's anybody back there. 
you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! X. To each other. And... Party on, dudes! Hey, this is Dave, and you are listening to Bonsai Retro Club Podcast. Uh, what we are doing today is we are moving forward on our 1980s essential movie list. Uh, for the uninitiated, and if you've never listened to the podcast before, uh, you, uh, you may know or you may not know is that uh, the essential list was something I found on RottenTomatoes.com. Those Find people over there put together a list of 140 1980 essential movies. I took it upon as a personal challenge to create a podcast episode for every one of those movies. Uh, the challenge has been that that I put for myself is that I don't want to look up anything additional as I'm talking to you. So I'm not going to be pulling up IMDb and doing facts and figures and reading from the internet versus just talking about the movie. So as a result, this has been really kind of the the vision quest and the stipulation I put on myself to, you know, to really be able to talk about something, maybe even about something that I haven't seen. Uh, And we're running into that currently with this one. I am allowed to look at the, uh, the, the listing from Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what I'm doing right now. So this is number 66. This is Goodbye Children. It's a French film. Its actual French name is Au Revoir Les Enfants. It's released in 1987. Um, What I I read about the movie info, it says, During the Nazi occupation of France, a young Catholic boarding school student witnesses the courage of his teachers, and as they defy the anti-Semitic policies of the German forces and quietly enroll Jewish children in their school using assumed names. Now, what I mean by, you know, that I'm not going to, well, you know what, before I even say that, uh, let's insert the trailer here. And by the way, the trailer is going to be in French because I actually did watch the trailer knowing that that's what we're going to run into. Uh, so for those of you that, uh, don't speak French like myself, you're just going to have to barrel through it like I did. But if you, you know, you're so inclined, you know, look it up on YouTube, you know, and then you get the translations. So I got the gist of what was going on during the trailer. But, you know, since this is going to be audio only for you, you're not going to get the benefit that I got. So here it is. C'est très méchant de pleurer. Tu m'avais promis. Je ne pleure pas. Pas du tout, même. J'irai vous voir dans trois semaines. Et puis vous allez sortir pour le mardi gras. Tu verras, ça va passer très vite. Pourquoi dites-vous ça C'est très bien que ça ne va pas passer vite. Ton père et moi, nous t'écrivons souvent. Papa, je m'en fous. Vous, je vous déteste. 
Bonjour les enfants. Mais tu es quand même content de retrouver tes camarades. Ah ouais, ça gare. Le crétin celui-là. Je peux pas le sentir. Encore en train de vous faire des mamours. Mon petit Julien, tu ne veux surtout pas manquer le train, un bon élève comme toi. François, je te défends de fumer. C'est pas du tabac, c'est de la barbe de maïs. Eh bien alors. Ça ne compte pas. Au revoir, maman. Au revoir, mon grand. Soyez sage. En voiture, en voiture. Et moi, tu ne penses pas à moi Tu crois que c'est drôle Tu me manques à chaque instant. J'aimerais me déguiser en garçon et te suivre dans ton collège. On se verrait tous les jours. Ce serait notre secret. Tu sais bien, je peux pas te garder à Paris avec moi. Okay, so I did probably a bit more research into this than I normally would do uh, for movies that I haven't seen. Um, I'll go on the record to say that I've never even heard of this movie uh, until I saw it on this list. Um, and even as I had scrolled through movies that I knew were coming up, it was still something I was not familiar with. But I, um, I did watch the trailer as I'm going to try to do now especially for the ones that I haven't seen just so that I have a talking point or two uh, and I'll say that it actually did interest me you know it seemed uh, at first I was a little bit not in tune with it because the main kid was acting a bit of a ass to his mother as she was sending him off to boarding school and this is the uh the french kid uh and so whether he was you know just talk sarcastically by nature to his mother or not i don't know but basically he was saying something along the lines of how he hates her and so i was like all right well he's a little punk you know and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna really you know care you know be interested at all based on the trailer of you know what this kid you know does or doesn't do But after the um, after that, I also found a link for a review from Cisco and Ebert, and they really loved this movie. And they showed this scene where there was actually some uh, Gestapo agents that walked into the classroom, and they were looking. They they became aware that you know that they kids were being enrolled that were Jewish that had the teachers had changed their names so that they can essentially hide them in plain sight uh, and uh, so this these agents walk into this classroom they you know introduce themselves to the to the teacher and the whole time you could tell that that they're there for that purpose is to try to find the jewish kids and pull them out and nobody is really given any kind of indication So, um, the one Gestapo agent goes up and there's like little red dots on a map 
and I, I didn't see the significance of what was going on with the map, but he goes on and he's pulling those red dots off. And he quickly looks around and he sees one of the students who's the kid that I thought was kind of an ass. And he uh, notices that he had quickly glanced back to one of his friends and his friend being the Jewish kid. And so he walked over to... Um, he walked over to the... Um, sorry, I was getting a text from my wife. That's what happens when you're, you know, you're, you're sitting there doing something and you're... Uh, um, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to let that go. I'm just going to go right back into my thought. Um, even though I should respond to her. But, you know, such is life. <laughs> um, sorry, dear. You, you don't listen to my podcast anyway, so you don't even know that that I'm not going to respond to you, uh, you know, until I get done talking to no one. But then again, you are my listener. You're listening. So therefore, you are someone. So that was not nice of me. Anyway, back to the point. So the Gestapo agent notices the guy, the kid, you know, the one that I thought was an ass, was looking at the, the Jewish kid. And then he went back to the desk of the Jewish kid and just stood there and stared at him. And then the Jewish kid just stared back for a beat or two. And then he quietly puts his pencil back into his, like, his pencil box and then he stands up, kind of like there was like this unsaid thing, like, yep, you got me. I'm ready to go. You know, he grabbed his jacket, and then he started to, uh, the Jewish kid, you know, before they were taking him out of the classroom, you know, he was trying to quickly say goodbye to a few of his classmates, you know, giving him a handshake, including the kid that had inadvertently gave him away. Uh, and you could tell that it really affected you could tell by the kid's face that it really had affected him that he was sorry that he had given him given him up with that glance. Um, and as I read a little bit more about this movie, uh, what's even a little bit further up, it says that this is the director or the the the, the writer. It's Louis Malle's audio autobiographical tale of childhood spent in World War II boarding school. Uh, it's a beautifully realized portrait of friendship and youth. So it kind of stuck with me where I'm like, did Louis have that, did that happen to him? Was he the French kid that had inadvertently gave a glance and, you know, the uh, caused a Gestapo agent to, you know, realize who the Jewish kid was and then go get him. I would I would imagine that there would be so much guilt, you know, involved in that. And, you know, maybe his way of kind of re releasing that guilt or saying he's sorry for that guilt is by creating this story. Um, so it's his coping mechanism and a way to say, I'm sorry to, you know, the kid that was affected. I have no idea what happened to the kid. All I've got was that clip and the Cisco and Ebert thing uh, and then what I'm reading right here. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I got to tell you, I'm kind of intrigued. So had it had it just been for the trailer and the quick little blurb, I don't know if I really would have gotten into it. But if it wasn't the, the Cisco and Ebert review, 
kind of hooked me where I'm like, okay, what happened next? You know, how, how did this, how did this shake out? Did the, the, the Jewish kid survive, you know, the, uh, the concentration camps? Did he ever, you know, did they ever follow up and, you know, become friends again? Were they like lifelong friends after that, you know, and they, they, you know, they, they were in each other's lives. I doubt it because you don't hear a lot of people that had survived concentration camps. So I don't know if it would have a happy ending, but I'm intrigued enough now into the movie to invest the time to figure out, you know, if that's what happened. Um, I suppose my next move is going to be to probably either Google it, see if it's available on YouTube. And of course I'm going to need the translation, um, you know, subtitles. Um, or maybe, you know, it's available on one of the streaming services, you know, your Netflixes or something like that. If I've got to pay, I'm probably not going to be invested in doing it. But if it's something that I can find easily for free, which I haven't even tried yet, I, I'm going to, I might commit. I might actually commit, you know, what it, whatever it is, what, uh, how, what's the running time here? Uh, 104 minutes. So, I mean, not that big of a, a you know, commit for time. Um, but I'm intrigued, you know, and I get into movies like that. You know, if you're, you're talking like a Schindler's List kind of movie, you know, that is a very powerful movie. I'm not saying it's, you know, nowhere near a happy-go-lucky movie at all. <laughs> but, you know, that kind of storyline, you know, really intrigues me. And scary at the same time because I know that shit went down. That was some real, you know, that's true to life you know, around what was going on. Um, so, uh, in a way, I'm very intrigued by this story. In another way, it's probably one of the movies like Schindler's List where I'd be like, I've seen it once, I'm good. I don't need to see it again. Um, but, you know, this, it feels like I, I've got to see it at least once. And I think that's where my head's at right now. Um, even though now it's going to go on a long list of movies that I've almost that I've committed to, like, as I've talked to my co-hosts, as I've done this essential movie thing, you know, one of them being uh, Moonstruck, you know, when I was talking to Suzanne, you know, I committed to say, I'm going to watch that. And I have, and it has shown up and I've seen it like on one of the streaming services or on demand. And I passed it up maybe two, two or three times now. So is this going to be one of those where I'm like, well, I'm just not in the mood for that type of movie. And that seems to be what's happening with Moonstruck. It's like, I, I want to see it now based on what she's told me. And, you know, in this case, Goodbye Children is now on that list with, you know, and I, I, I've got to write these things down. That's what it is. I've got to write them down so that they're somewhere, you know, maybe, maybe tape it to the back of my remote <laughs> so I can say, oh, what was those movies that I have to look up and see if, you know, maybe now is the time to watch it. Um, but you know, am I going to make that commit anytime soon? I don't know. And you're not going to know either because I'm not going back and like, after I've watched a movie that I talked about, um, once again, game more text. Um, anyway, uh, you know, it, it's like one of those things where 
like I never go back and I redo the uh, you know the ones that I'm talking about that I've talked about that I might go revisit. I think we've done that once, um, and you know the history of Bonsai Retro Club and even '80s reboot, where there was a movie that was talked about. I actually committed to watch it, and then we did a revisit like discussion. The essential movie list. I'm I'm, I'm kind of barreling through. I'm not. I don't see the, you know, I don't want to extend it by saying, okay, now here's the ones that I've revisited. Um, yeah, so it, it's, you know, this is going to be where it's at. You know, if we're going to leave this here, you're just going to drop it. I obviously have got to drop it like this Friday because I am now becoming one of these record just in time kind of, you know, podcaster. Uh, and, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan of putting myself in that position now week after week because this is the second week in a row where I've kind of waited until the you know the very last minute to to record uh, you know an episode you know that is due to be dropped on Friday, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, so this is part where I want to just remind everybody that uh, we have a website, Bonsai Retro Club. Go out there, click on the links to do all the follows, give us rating, reviews, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you want to drop us an email, that's mcfly at bonsairetroclub.com. Um, I'm going to remind you all to be excellent to each other and have a good whatever. And bye. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, don't you say? Hey, Bonsai! 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 <laughs> On the next episode, we're going to be talking about 1989's My Left Foot. Our next film is one of the year's very best. It's director Louis Mao's childhood memory of German-occupied France during World War II. The film is called Au revoir les enfants, which translates as goodbye children. And it's based on a true story from director Mao's own boyhood, where a number of Jewish boys who were hidden from the Nazis in Catholic boarding schools were discovered and taken away to the death camps. Miles' character, a little boy, has discovered that one of the bright boys at the school is Jewish, but his identity is hidden. He doesn't know anything about Jews, Miles' character, that is, and in one of the film's many blunt scenes, he asks his brother to explain all of the controversy about Jews. François, qu'est-ce que c'est un Yupin? Un Juif. Je sais. Mais c'est quoi exactement? Quelqu'un qui ne mange pas de cochon. Tu te fous de ma gueule? Pas du tout. Qu'est-ce qu'on leur reproche exactement? d'être plus intelligent que nous, et aussi d'avoir crucifié Jésus-Christ. C'est pas vrai, c'est les Romains. C'est pour ça qu'on leur fait porter l'étoile jaune. Mais non. And that's how bigotry is passed on from one person to another. The two boys, however, do become friends and share a meal in which the danger to Jews becomes very real for both of them, as an older Jewish man is threatened. Dis donc toi, tu sais pas lire Ce restaurant est interdit aux youtres. Monsieur Meyer vient ici depuis 20 ans. Je peux pas me mettre à la porte quand même. Toi, Loufia, ferme-la. 
Si je veux, je peux faire révoquer votre licence. The bitter quality of that scene, of course, is that we are watching a Frenchman turn in a Frenchman. The most quietly shocking scene in the film, however, is when the Nazis invade the classroom, and the young Louis Mal character inadvertently tips off the Gestapo officer with a glance that his friend is the Jew they're looking for. That's an amazing scene because we're not exactly sure whether the kid did it intentionally or whether Louis Mal is using that metaphorically to say that we were all complicitous because we didn't stop it. For all of the tragedy in the film, it's remarkably quiet, this movie. No scenes of screaming, just a steady, methodical march toward hell on earth. This is not the first time French director Mal or other French directors have dealt with the way the French treated their Jewish countrymen. There is enormous guilt in France about what was done to both Jews and to members of the French resistance. But by focusing on children who are so often portrayed as pure objects corrupted by adults in French films, Louis Mal has made a memorable movie about a sadly familiar subject. He certainly has. And incidentally, I don't think there's any ambiguity about that scene. I believe it's an accidental glance and that all of his life, uh, he has now felt guilt about the fact that he inadvertently gave away his friend, somebody he had learned to love and then inadvertently betrayed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the message there, and it's a very, very, very strong film because it deals in specifics. It doesn't deal right. with millions of people and great right. sweeping tides of history. It deals with a couple of kids and how one of them still remembers many years later what happened. I also think the way the film ends is very special. Uh, you, you talk about quiet. This is, it's almost as if Mal, again, and we're talking on, on this show about great directors mm -hmm. using the medium well. It's so refreshing to see it. The timing of how long certain shots are held and reaction, very precise, mistakes could have been made, it's beautifully made.